This episode of Tis the Podcast is brought to you by the Sanderson Sisters Cauldrons. Are you tired of cheap cauldrons that break or don't have the quality that you're used to? Well, the Sanderson Sisters have been in this business for over 300 years and have high quality cauldrons for all of your needs. Be sure to use Tis the Podcast to save 30% next time you need to cast a love spell, turn someone into a toad, or get rid of some pesky kids who keep lighting your candles. It's showtime. This cat here, Binks, right? He can talk. My brother's a virgin. He lit the black paint candle. The witches are back from the dead and they're after us. We need help. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. You like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite? Here's Johnny. Well, actually, the place I'm speaking of is called Halloween Town. This is Halloween. Everybody make a sing. Trick or treat. This is the time of year to write to the Great Pumpkin. On Halloween night, the great pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with a bag of toys for all the children. Welcome to the first bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. How's guys, going, this guys? is exciting. It, really, <laughs> it is. First off, happy Halloween. Second best time in the year. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of really? fun this week. We get to watch two Halloween-themed movies and talk about them. Oh, yeah. One that is only Halloween and one, our regular episode that dropped the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I don't know why you paid for one before listening to our free one, but thank you. Um <laughs> Before we, you know, get started with the movie, do one of you want to explain our whole Patreon experiment to our listeners? Sure. Yeah, we're trying this this whole Patreon thing that, that podcasters seem to, to get behind right now. It looks like a cool way for us to expand our focus and what we're able to do. We're able to give you better content in exchange for you helping support the podcast. So we're working on getting some awesome merch that we're going to get sent out and put up on the, uh, for sale and give you a discount. We're going to have bonus episodes like this one, and hopefully this will help us, you know, get some things that we need to keep going, you know, paying for our hosting, improving our audio equipment so our sound just gets better and better, and just making this as, as professional as we possibly can. And we couldn't do it without you. So thank you, faithful listener. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, so our first bonus episode is going to focus on everybody's favorite Halloween movie, Hocus Pocus. So Julia, how about giving us a plot synopsis? 300 years ago, the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah, bewitched people in Salem, Massachusetts. In the present, on Halloween night, new kid in town, Max Dennison, inadvertently brings them back to life by lighting the black flame candle. Now, with only a night to live, the witches set their sights on immortality by sucking the lives out of all of the children in town. And it falls to Max, the girl of his dreams, Allison, his younger sister, Danny, 
and a magical talking cat named Binks to save the day. Okay, so as we always do, let's start with our histories for this movie. Julia, why don't you start us off? I can't remember my history with this movie. It's right around the time that I've, I reasonably would have watched this in a movie theater. But I also had parents that weren't so much excited and into the whole witch thing or the Halloween thing in general. So I probably didn't see it in the movie theaters. I've most definitely seen it on VHS tapes. So I definitely saw it when I was younger. I love this movie from the beginning. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I liked the music and the cast was just like, particularly the Sanderson sisters were just like the coolest witches I've ever seen in depiction for a kid. So I love this movie. I don't really remember the first time I saw this movie. I'm, I'm sure it was when I was a kid and uh, we rented it from our local grocery store, Kroger, back home. Um, that's how I saw all movies. I didn't go to the movies very often. I do remember always thinking this is, this movie was hilarious. But as I've grown, I've caught on to a lot more things that uh, I didn't necessarily see as a kid. Um, but that <laughs> that still make me laugh. Also make me question my myself as a parent, <laughs> considering the fact I can't wait to watch this with my daughter, knowing some of the humor in it. <laughs> But uh, you know, I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to take that risk to make sure she's got an awesome uh, an awesome experience with Halloween from a young age. <laughs> How about you, Anthony? Well, firstly, yeah, every time I watch this, like as I got older, I would notice another sly adult dirty joke in there. So I'm with you, Tom. I'm surprised so many parents let their kids watch this so young. <laughs> it's funny because I don't even ever remember questioning like what's a virgin. Anyway, my history with this film, I think I saw it for the first time in the first grade. I saw it on television. I very vividly remember that because I remember all the Halloween commercials in between. But I loved it immediately. I just thought it was funny. I loved the Sanderson sisters. I had a little crush on Sarah. Um, of course. Of course. I think uh, mm-hmm. a lot of guys did. I think that was but I point. had a crush on Sarah. Shoot. Yeah. At that point, I was like, she is beautiful and she can sing. But yeah, I loved it. I didn't get a lot of the humor the first few times, like I just said a few seconds ago. Yeah, it was one still of the things funny. I, it, it really was. There's a lot to, There's a lot that kids can get out of it, even more that adults can get out of it. That's one of the things I loved about watching it growing up, like getting it more and more each time. It's not only my favorite Halloween movie. It's one of my favorite movies, period. It really is. I could watch this movie wow. all throughout the year a million times, except maybe November and December when I'm really focused on Christmas. But other than that, <laughs> the other 10 months of the year, I can watch this like any day. I'm game. I love this film. And uh, I'm really excited to dive into it with you guys. Me too. You know, um, I think it says something about all of us that, you know, we, we're drawn to this kind of Halloween movie. I'm, when I'm thinking Halloween, I'm not doing Friday the 13th or Halloween or any of those. No, Halloween for me is, there's still something, there's still some warm fuzzies I get from Halloween. And I I find those in movies like this in Halloween Town that just have an innocence that I'm not seeing in a lot of movies that are being made now. I think Hocus Pocus will uh, always be kind of the consummate Halloween movie, even more than Halloween itself with Michael Myers. I think part of that is to do with the whole aesthetic of the film. I don't think there's any Halloween movie that looks more Halloween-y than this. Not even mm-hmm. Halloween Town. There's something There's something about a, a quintessential small New England town that feels like Halloween. The plot is amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is so much The plot fun. really is amazing. It, it is, is a great plot. It's a t- it's timeless. It's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. kids 40 years from now will still be able to relate to this. You know, there's, 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 every town has that, that house, you know, that, that, that house that's, that's shrouded in mystery where kids dare each other to go up to the door, or go into the yard. We had that when, when, I, when I was growing up in, in a random, in suburban neighborhood and outside of Houston, Texas, we had that, that house. 
that uh you know in my memory i still see it every time i look at the house it's cl- it's clear outside but that house has this dark foreboding cloud above it and there's an occasional lightning strike behind it um <laughs> i'm sure that's, i'm sure that's not at all how it is but you know that's like, like it's embedded in our memory so we all have this kind of lore and scare that we grow up with that we like to push and so i think that's that's one of the things that makes it so so relevant still kids today still know what that's like to think okay i dare you to go do this stupid thing or oh this isn't real i'm gonna go ahead and like this candle uh, god i would have been that I would have been I would have been dumb enough to do that. I would have well, been Max. <laughs> I I, lo- I loved how uh, the film made all of the adult all of the people of Salem buy into that legend too. Like when mm-hmm. Max is talking to the cop, uh, he's like, "We brought the Sanderson sisters back from the dead." He's like, "You lit the black flame candle." Like he knew the legend. Like everyone in the town yeah. knows that legend, and that added uh, to that air of uh, spookiness about the witches. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like that was maybe part of a, because they had that whole museum and everything. Like at some point in time, that was a moneymaker for them. That was an attraction. And um, then a lot of strange things started happening there and they shut down. Yeah, I love it. I like, I like how many different levels the story has. So like the plot's great in and of itself. But I mean, like even pared down, I love that the Sanderson's are three sisters, you know, and they fight like sisters and they and remember their typical. mother together. I mean, I just, yeah. And they're, I, I just love the characters are so great in this movie. And they come back. They have typical like older, middle, and younger personalities too. Yeah, they do (laughs) exactly. And after three hundred years, you know, every the world around them is different, but that is still constant with with their family dynamic, which is funny. I mean, it's just hilarious. Yeah, I love how the movie has a lot of the whole um, fish out of water stuff with the sisters (laughs) being placed in modern day. That stuff is hilarious. But them in there, and like the the when the movie starts and they are in their original time, so to speak, they're funny there too. <laughs> so I mean, I just I love the different times that they cover. I love them placing a brand new family in say. I love that it's Salem, Massachusetts. I love that they picked Salem to do all of this and all of the witch lore and all of that stuff. Started on Hulu. I'd never watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, I love um, that show, which I love. <laughs> but uh, there, that, I was just reminded of that episode where they went to Salem to to reenact the the witch trials yeah it's it's funny speaking of sabrina the teenage witch binks looked a lot more real than salem and that was a few years before sabrina but i'll i'll give it they had a movie budget and i was about they, to say movie yeah. budget versus tv budget Is you know we could, say the, we could say the same thing like if we're talking about like uh, uh, buffy the vampire slayer nothing looks realistic in that but it's got this cult allure still yeah mm-hmm. that's true and they're rebooting sabrina the teenage witch thing. oh well no 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 because because uh well not to get on a sabrina the teenage witch <sighs> tangent but um they have this really successful run of comics called the chilling adventures of sabrina the teenage witch it's um it's a more dramatic take and it's kind of connected to the archie universe so they're spinning it off from riverdale and doing it like an hour long uh drama the comics are really good yeah i'm just kind of tired of hollywood reboots and sequels i need i need more original stuff like hocus pocus i do i do want to mention i should have said this during my history as much as i love this film as i get older and watch it more there are significant like plot problems with this movie that i want to talk about as well oh see i'm afraid you're gonna rain because i I realize there probably are some plot problems but i really try and not think too hard about it on this movie i i have to i have to because i don't want to kill the magic are you gonna kill the magic i'm not gonna kill the magic it's a movie about witches i can't kill the magic (laughs) (laughs) see see, this movie has magic it's not like arthur christmas that doesn't well (laughs) 
Let's just keep moving. This movie was released on July 16th, 1993. So it's weird that it was not released during Halloween. I feel like it might have been a bigger success were it. That's a bad choice. Yeah, I was about to ask. Anybody know why it wasn't released closer to Halloween? Nope. But um, it was directed by Kenny Ortega, who directed Newsies, the high school musical trilogy, and Descendants 1 and 2, which is, for those who don't know, a Disney Channel original movie from the past few years. Can I take Newsies, a... Yay. Can I take a... Really embarrassing story. Sure. Yeah, As always. a side note. So <laughs> I had this dream that was very distressing, and I woke up and told Christine about it. And all I remembered was apparently I was in High School Musical, but I didn't know what it was. And everywhere I went, people kept talking to me about my role in this, but I couldn't remember ever being in it or know anything about it. Because I didn't really <laughs> know what it was at that time, and it was stressing me out that I would see it, but not enough to actually watch it. I'm totally leaving oh, this oh, anecdote awesome. in the show, by the way. I feel like our paying people deserve to hear stupid stories about us. <laughs> oh, I, do, I do too. So the music for this film, which is amazing, by the way. I yes. love the main witch's theme. The music for this film, though, was composed by John Debney, who did the music on another film we covered recently on the main show. He composed I'll Be Home for Christmas, amongst many, many other things. I and feel I, like he redeemed himself here. Or actually, he, he lost his redemption. Yeah. <laughs> he had get a good thing going. I, I was trying I was trying know. to figure out how somebody could do the music for Hocus Pocus, which is really memorable, mm-hmm. and then do the music for I'll Be Home for Christmas. I don't Everybody get it. Everybody has off days. Everybody has off days. Yeah, well. <laughs> well the, we we did say during that that the music wasn't bad. We said the That's song true. choices weren't bad. Yeah. We never the t- music wasn't memorable. I don't know that I no. even remember <laughs> the music from I'll Be Home. It could have been just fine, but not memorable, which is a whole different kind of bad. Right. If, yeah. Right. If, a, if a score is not memorable, it may as well be bad because a good yeah. movie has no, a memorable score. True. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, I, yeah, you're right. I don't think I remember any of the score from that movie at all. Mm-mm. Let's start talking about the characters and let's start with the three main ones Winifred, Mary, and Sarah, as played by Bette Yay. Midler, Kathy Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Love these witches. I love them. They're also great for different reasons. I'm so excited. They really are. Talk about them. So I, th- I think part of the magic of their characters, like you were saying earlier, Julia, is, you know, despite being witches, they bickered like real sisters would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make cannibalism funny. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I like yeah, how they work so just- well together as a team. Because um, mm-hmm. they each brought a different strength to their operation, as it were. Like, mm-hmm. Winifred was a leader and arguably the most violent. Like, she could shoot lightning out of her fingers. Mm-hmm. Sarah is lures the children with her singing voice. Mm-hmm. And Mary hunts down the children with her nose. That's right. Yeah. So I think yeah. it was cool how they gave them each their own individual power. Mm-hmm. But they kept the funny with slapstick comedy. And lots of just slapstick. The, just that sharp tongue on all of them. Winifred's sharp tongue. <laughs> and the amount of shrieking. That they do. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you can't watch this movie loud. Like, I was... Uh, <laughs> watching it with headphones and uh, had to keep lowering the volume every time they shriek. Oh, how funny. I love it when they see that angel, that little girl dressed up like the angel. <laughs> and she goes, bless you. And Sarah goes, oh! And she's like sitting there screaming. Oh, I love that part. 
I mean, they're so, they just, they play off each other so well. And I kind of think that Bette Midler in any movie you can't go wrong with. I right. love Bette Midler. Not just singing Bette Midler, but like all Bette Midler. Did y'all ever see Big Business from the 80s, that 1980s movie Big Business with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin? Mm-mm. Nope. So, okay, here's an 80s plot for you. They are, there are two sets of twins born in a hospital in the same small town one day. Two Lily Tomlins and two Bette Midlers. Well, stuff gets switched at the hospital. Oh, and so so the Lily, the one set of twins is is born to a really expensive highfalutin city couple. And the other set of twins is born to like country bumpkins. Well, the nurses mess up because it's a 1980s movie and there are vast levels of incompetency in 1980s movies and they get switched. So the city Bette Midler gets paired with the country bumpkin Lily Tomlin and they go to the city and then the the city Lily Tomlin gets paired with the country bumpkin Bette Midler and they go to the country. And so the rest of the movie is about them unswitching themselves and like they go to the city the country bumpkins go to the city to try and petition the rich the the rich twins to not buy their small town and they realize they're actually twins and then they're oh it is it is fantastic it is bet midler and Lor- and lily tomlin in all glory and what's it called again in big business big business big business okay. oh i'll have to look it up snap you gotta watch that movie, and it has Bette Midler singing in it. It's well, a total Bette, winner. Bette Midler singing is always a plus. It's always a plus. That is still to this is day it? my favorite is sequence really? in this movie. It is. It is. It is. You don't like that sequence? I'm totally no. I was joking about Bette Midler. <laughs> oh. See, I could tell you were kidding. Yeah, I, I don't. I have. I have. Wait. I have. I, I'm not good at lying. I'll just say that. Oh, Anthony, he just called you a really good liar. <laughs> I'm from New York. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> How funny. Okay, sorry. I took us on a rabbit trail. Um, Bette Midler, to this day, she says Hocus Pocus is the most fun she's ever had on a movie set. <gasps> does she? She That's does. That's so cool. I love that. She loves this film, and she's happy it got a cult following as the years went by. Yeah. And I watched on YouTube in preparation for this. Do you remember those old, like, specials that used to air on the Discovery Channel or E, like, the 30-minute, like, making of a movie, like, back in the... Okay, so there was a 30-minute one for Hocus Pocus. Really grainy, like, it's horrible quality, but it's really interesting. But all three of them did every one of their own stunts in this film. So they were were committed. That's very cool. And the reason I think they look... uh, more realistic flying around on the broomsticks and Harry Potter does playing Quidditch. And that's because they do it, did it on location with cranes. And if they weren't on location and they were at the studio, they rebuilt the location. They rebuilt a whole cemetery and lifted them up in the studio. So they were like legit flying. They were legit flying. So they did have a funny story that at one point, I think the first time they took off, the wires got all tangled and they all ended up upside down, like with their dresses (laughs) flapping everywhere. And it took and it took them ages to get them down. But they were really good. They they were really good sports about it though. So that sense of fun you you get whenever the witches are on screen, I think it comes across as legitimate because the actresses are actually having a lot of fun playing the roles. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I love that each has a different personality. I know we sort of mentioned the personality, but I love that Winifred is like what I would picture Bette Midler, honestly, if she was a witch. You know, she's in charge. She's one boss witch. She's just, I love her character. No nonsense, but also a little sensitive when it comes to being called ugly, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) I thought that was such, that was so funny that these witches were that concerned with their outer looks. All three of them were. You know, the funny part about that though is, and they point this out in the movie too, multiple times, is at the beginning when they make themselves younger, they think they're so beautiful, but in fairness, a lot of people still think they're not the best looking people right because they're still called ugly multiple times throughout the film in the present when they have their younger looks so i thought that was a nice joke like they're so happy they're younger and more beautiful and they're still being called (laughs) ugly i like to also how they're more offended with being called a chick than ugly when the (laughs) that part's so funny why is it all the all the ugly (laughs) chicks stay out late chicks yeah exactly (laughs) I love that Mary, um, besides the fact she can smell kids, which that whole, every time she does it, (laughs) cracks me up. But I just love that she's like the bumbling idiot. You know, she's always, she's very nervous. She seems extremely high strung, especially in the presence of Winifred, um, always trying to please her. She's kind of like um, that middle child who's kind of like... Absolutely. Yeah. It it really does. It fits that birth order like crazy. I love Sarah because she... She's just so ditzy and funny and dumb and like dumb blonde. And, and boy I think crazy. Sarah and boy, oh, great. she wants and boy all crazy. the boys. Let me hang him on a hook and let me play with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she is like genuinely beautiful of the three. And so I think it's extra funny when like she's still lumped in the whole category of an ugly old hag witch. Oh, well, I like at the beginning when. By the younger ones, I guess. When Binks is still a human and he calls Winifred a hag and she's like, mm-hmm. sisters, did you hear what he called you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I tell you, Winifred is especially meme and GIF worthy. Oh, there are tons of them out there. <laughs> so I think it goes without saying about Winifred too. You could switch out one of the letters in witch and it applies to her as well. I don't know. Yeah. That's why I said one boss witch. Oh, <laughs> Wasn't that clever? That was clever. (laughs) She's such a basic witch. (laughs) (laughs) See, that went right over my head. Sorry. Yay! I had something that went over your head. (laughs) Payback is sweet. (laughs) These are are who I would want to see as witches, though. I mean, they were just, I don't, they're perfect. They are. Even down to the costuming. Oh my goodness. Their costumes are fantastic. They're, the hair being so distinct. And I love the way that their skirts flow. And I remember when I was younger watching this movie that that's what I was drawn to. Because, you know, when you're a younger anyone, you like to dress up, right? So it was always like their dresses and stuff that I'm like, that is exactly what I would want to wear. If when I was I, tromping around as a witch all day. When I was younger, I was drawn to Sarah. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I loved... Uh, the the, co- the their costuming and also the sets were just perfect. Yeah, it was sets everything were great. The the Sanderson house, both mm-hmm. back in the day and present, it just yeah. had it just it just looked like what I would imagine a witch's cottage to look like. And you know, it was a nice detail how in the pre- how back in the past it was in the middle of the deep woods, and in the present it was right on the street because they had modernized yes. so much. Yes. Yeah, the asphalt <laughs> that they were afraid to walk on. 
Yeah. So they pushed their sister out there to see what would happen. <laughs> it's solid. <laughs> I love the, that. The fish out of water stuff is great. Like I love how yeah. um, scared and curious they are about everything. Mm-hmm. Like trick or treating, they think all the hobgoblins and imps are out around town. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. I love when Winifred hears that noise, or when they couldn't figure out what the noise was, and it was Thackeray, and she's like, "It was an imp." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning when they're in a high school and they show the kids in the high school, I felt a little vindicated because that's what high school should look like with high school appropriate kids. <laughs> Yes. They're not yeah. trying to make, you know what I mean? Instead of I'll be home for Christmas where they Although clearly took I, high school kids and stuck them in a college, quote unquote. I do feel like Allison looked a bit older than Max. Did she? I thought she looked pretty young. She looked like girls I went to high school with. That happened I mean, a lot. That happened a lot though in high school. Yeah, that's true. Girls. The girls did quickly. seem to look older. Yeah. Um, my favorite fish out of water scene was when they encountered <laughs> Satan. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have, Master. I have huge problems with this scene. Do you? One huge problem. She got her book from Satan himself. How did she not realize that was not the real Satan? <laughs> it's been 300 years, you know? I can't remember what somebody looks like from 30 years Theor- ago. Theoretically, weren't they in hell for 300 years? <laughs> Because she even says toward the end when Billy says, go to hell. And she's like, I've been there. Thank you. I found it quite lovely. (laughs) Do you know the the actors in that were brother and sister? Yeah, Penny and Marshall. They're legends. Yep. Gary Gary and Penny Marshall. They were, oh, they were so good together. They're, I mean, that, that explained their chemistry and how she was so, she was so good at acting in the way with everything he did. Yeah. Well, so there's your reason. There's the reason for that plot hole. Because if they had recognized the real Satan, we would not have that scene. And that scene is glorious. That scene is great. I mean, yeah. That is a great scene. (laughs) I I love how uh, they're scared off by the little dog they must think is an actual demon. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, the thing is no bigger than like their hand. It was so so small. (laughs) And they... And I love the punchline to that scene. They go outside and three little girls stole their blooms. Three little girls dressed yeah. as them. Stole as their witches. Yeah. Or yeah. as the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, that was hilarious. And the best yeah. thing about that, too, was when they ran off with the brooms, you heard them whoosh. Like, so I just imagined them, like, like taking totally off, off into the air. Yeah. Yeah. I never noticed that before. This is the very first time I actually noticed that noise. And I'm like, okay, that makes it cooler. Yeah. I do like when they lose their brooms as well, that they have to improvise. <laughs> Writing broom, a vacuum cleaner. The vacuum and the mop. <laughs> the thing about the, I love about the vacuum cleaner is they had so much attention to detail that the, the cord is following behind. It's like fall, uh, uh, flowing down. <laughs> and, yet some, and yet somehow, and it's probably their magic, when she was flying on it, it was on. You could hear it, was it, on. You could hear you it running. Hear it. Yeah. Oh, how funny. <laughs> And I love that, of course, being the oldest, Winifred got the thing closest to her broom. She actually got the broomstick. Of course. (laughs) How funny. She's such a diva. Like, I think she legitimately enjoyed, like, singing an entire song just to curse all the parents in town. (laughs) And that scene was awesome. It really was. Okay, you talk about a plot hole. She would not have known what any of those instruments were or how they were coming from, and there was nothing surprising in there at all. She wouldn't have known how to spoof a Screaming Jay Hawkins song. 
and make it her own because she wouldn't know the original. Although, credit to the movie, when they walked in originally, he was singing the original version. So. Yeah. So she's just a quick learner, that's all. She's a quick learner. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to look for plot holes. I love this movie too much for plot holes. <laughs> Me too. I have a few more I'm going to bring up later. <laughs> Damn it, Anthony. <laughs> okay. Okay, this we can, where, we can this cut is where on my, this one. Oh, we can? This is where my New York side is going to come out. A, because I'm the cynic, so I'm pointing out the plot holes. But B, like, <laughs> if I have freedom to do that, I'll try not to be excessive. But um, So let's talk about the kids in this film. Max Dennison has to be the boldest teenage boy I've ever seen on film. Because new to school, no friends, and he gets to perform an entire class and gives a girl his number. I would never have been so bold. That's something I would have done. Is it? Oh, really? Tom, so my worst. It. No, I was I was a terrible <laughs> human being. My friends and I had a bet, and I lost. So I had to walk up to a complete stranger, the the Taco Bell girl, as we called her, because she was really cute and worked at Taco Bell. And I had to walk up to her and hand her a pen, and I did it with absolutely no hesitation. And I said, "Today's your lucky day. I'm going to allow you to use this pen to give me your number." And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's awful. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I like how awful. we I like how we had two immediately different <laughs> reactions. We just fit gender roles right there. <laughs> like I said, a horrible person, but if there are any young teens, teenage boys listening, confidence goes a long way. <laughs> I learned What is it just takes one moment, on. one moment of insanity? What does Matt Damon say? In the wise words of Matt Damon from We Bought a Zoo. It takes one um, moment of sheer insanity change your life yeah something like that i'm a damon fan nobody no oh, i love matt damon <laughs> <laughs> i'm ambivalent about matt damon. really yeah. i love matt damon what is that quote i know what you're talking about yeah that's a good movie yeah. too we bought a zoo was a very good movie i loved it, it gives me all the feels mm-hmm. so max i felt bad for the guy every time they talked to somebody new his sister would pipe in immediately and he's a virgin <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah you gotta oh i just snorted (laughs) you've got to wonder did his sister know what that meant or did she she seem to she said it enough that's disturbing yeah it is so can i just say this about disney because disney was like a lot i guess edgier back in the day because not only does this the whole virgin plot but every time she says that everybody acts shocked that this 16 year old boy is a virgin like yeah, cop, like that cop. And the cop, like, are you a virgin? Like, really? he's 16. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm with you. So, like, that was kind of crazy to me. Disney doesn't seem like the type who would make a type of movie like that anymore nowadays. Definitely not anymore, I would right. say. You don't think so? No. What? No. Which Disney movie is, is as subversive movies, as some of this stuff as. Even their shows. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Good luck, Charlie was never like that. They oh, didn't get I, no, into I'm, topics like that. Or, I'm sorry, okay. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking ABC Family. Never mind. Oh, okay, I, was, no, I was about to say compare Boy Meets World to Girl Meets World, which Disney did, and how much they like kiddied that whole thing. I loved Girl Meets World. I, I liked it too, but I'm just saying, yeah. you compare it to Boy Meets World, like Boy Meets World yeah. was a little edgier. It was a lot edgier, but... Yeah, yeah. 
But no, I, I did like Girl World for what it was. Oh, man. So that when great. we were, um, I don't know how to put this out, getting too much information, so I'm going to think about this for a second. So we knew somebody, a young girl, who was watching that secret life of an American teenager on ABC Family. And I will tell you, there's nothing family about that station at all. I would never in a mm-hmm. million years let my daughter watch that, that station. There's, yeah. re- there's really not. Me and Sarah watched Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> or did. Is yeah, it not a thing definitely anymore? not. It, well, it ended, but that was not a family show at all. Maxo, like, he's pretty um, quick thinking. And even though he's a skeptic at first, the minute he lights the candle, he's like, okay, I'll buy into anything. Like, yeah, he, he, he becomes a quick believer the minute Binks hops on, up onto him and he's like, nice going, Max. And Max- I, think, I think a cat talking to me would push me over the edge to believe something I didn't before as well. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I think Max could have been a lot more disingenuous as a character than he actually was. Like, I think he reflect, reflected pretty well as a high school boy to me. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I think so, too. And definitely as a frustrated brother. I mean, all the things that they put him in, I mean, it's not the best acting I've ever seen in my entire life, but it was a lot better than other things would have oh, been. Oh, he was good. Yeah, he was believable. He they was. Almost, they I almost thought. got Leonardo DiCaprio for this movie. He auditioned. Are you serious? Oh, a young, a young Max. Leo? How I could wow. I don't think that would have ruined it. I don't either. I could no? a, because he was very yeah. similar as a, at that age. He was. He looked yeah. a lot like him. Wow. Yeah, I think that's our first alternative um, casting that we talked about that we actually could get on board with. That we yep. think would have worked. Yeah. Well, no, we did say we could see Cam as Kevin in the office, but mm, yeah, we, we yeah. didn't say oh, we yeah. would necessarily right. like that. But anyway. Yeah, so Leo DiCaprio did audition, and they chose somebody else. Interesting. Well, I wonder what that. I wonder what that would do now for the sales. If that would have any sort of increase or make it more visible. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So equally believable, <laughs> Thora Birch. I thought she was super believable as the obnoxious sister, but I don't think she was eight. I feel like her behavior was more like a six or a seven year old I than agree. an eight year old. So that was my only qualm. But she probably looked too old for six or seven. I, li- I liked her confidence for that age. Like when yeah. the witches find her in the house, she just like plays along with them. Like, I thought you'd yeah. never come. Sister. Sister, yeah. Yeah, I did like that part. That was great. I liked that she wasn't some weakling. She was scared, yes. But I liked that she had a sharp tongue too. That was yep. nice. I did not realize until this that she's our age. Is she? Mm-hmm. She's like 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Anthony. Not age. She was also in that movie that we need to put on our, our list of things to um, review All I Want for Christmas. You guys remember that one? You haven't seen it? Hallmark? No, 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 no. This was before Hallmark. Back when she was a kid. I, I know her from American Beauty besides this. Yeah. But um, she was great. And like a typical little sister, always um, doing her best to embarrass her brother. For your information, he's a little leaguer. <laughs> And then, oh, and then at Allison's house, what do you call them, Max? Yabos? Oh, that was. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Another inappropriate award for Disney. Right, right. Why would his sister know that? Oh, my because gosh. She, because she was in the closet. Oh, right, 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 right. At the right, beginning right. Yeah, of the yeah, film, yeah. watching it. The, yeah, and super gross also when she jumps on the bed and she's like, I'm Allison. Kiss me. And then, yeah, I'm Allison. Yeah, yeah, like, gross. He gross, gross. Which is gross. why I think she was playing younger than eight. But they said she was eight. No, I know. But she was definitely oh. younger than eight. 
So oh. she would have been a. Well, why, why didn't she would have been eleven. She was six or seven. Oh, oh well. Yeah. She would have actually been eleven. Allison, though, out of all three kids, probably the weakest in my mind. Yeah, definitely. She's kind of just very bland compared to the other two. Yeah, she's pretty one note. Pretty, but one note. Yeah, there's nothing really memorable with her when she got the salt out of his cupboard and was being really weird and flirty about the salt. Like that was just odd to me. But yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So let's talk about the other two main characters in this film, Binks and Billy. So Binks is played by two different people in this movie. Uh-huh. He is. Sean Murray as Human Binks, uh, who is currently McGee. on NCIS. Yep. McGee. <laughs> He's McGee, which I, I did not realize until today. Yeah, I know. He I've known that for a while. Baby McGee. Oh, I did not know that. He is also... The brother-in-law or cousin of one of the Pretty Little Liars on ABC Family, to bring that back for a few months ago. I don't watch either of those shows. <laughs> um, and Jason Marsden does the voice of the cat, Banks. Yeah. And I just remember Jason Marsden from all those 90s shows, like uh, Step by Step and Boys <laughs> World and everything like that. Boy, I love me some Step by Step. Uh, I love that show. <laughs> I really do. that show with the fake shoreline and the opening credits. And it just like would shift like six inches each way. And you're like, that's not what the ocean looks like. <laughs> Love that show. It's a great show. Speaking of like Family Matters and, and Boy Meets World, you guys know all those shows, the Christmas episodes are all on Hulu now? I did know that. <gasps> really? it's, I read like, it on the Reddit, on Christmas Reddit, subreddit. We're, we're going to have to have a 90s episode on the main show at some point. <laughs> 90s sitcoms. Or do it on here. I also think on our uh, Patreonic page, we need to do uh, Christmas and Halloween Halloween commercials next year, but some Christmas commercials this year. Talk our favorite Christmas commercials. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd do be Easter. Easter. There's only really one for Easter, let's be honest. All the animals... Trying to be the Cadbury Bunny. That one. I love that commercial. Please, <laughs> please for the love of all that is good and holy, Anthony, make sure that stays in this episode. <laughs> I love that commercial. It's so great. And Billy was played by Doug Jones, who does all this cool makeup and character work. He was in Hellboys and Pan's Labyrinth. He's so he's the aqua creature in Hellboy, right? Apes What's his name? In. So he does. So he did a lot of stuff with uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Hell, Pants Labyrinth is is one of, if not my favorite movie of all times. That's such a mm-hmm. great movie. Mm-hmm. He's so fun in this movie. He's so fun in this movie. I remember always loving Billy. He never yeah. scared me. I nope. always loved him. And that was a real moth that flew out of his mouth. Ew. <gasps> was it really? Ew. Yeah. So they so they basically had a half half of a balloon in there filled with dust and a moth. And then when he cut his mouth open, he just coughed it up and like everything came flying out. Ew. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that was him. That's crazy. So when can we talk about Binks for a moment? Yeah. Uh, of course, Binks is my favorite character. Binks is mine too. But can either of you help me with the logic of Binks? It, uh, makes, it makes sense. And I think we should stop talking about it right now. <laughs> How's that? Okay. <laughs> So he's an eternal cat. Uh, no, 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 no. Cat. I understand why he didn't speak to the villagers at the beginning of the movie because they would have just probably killed him at that point, thinking he was like the devil's cat or something. Well, but then he would have come back to life, right? But he didn't know that at the time, so I can understand why he didn't okay. talk to them. Okay, but why on earth 
didn't he say a word to any of the adults they stopped to try to get help who didn't believe them? They kept saying, this cat here binks, right? He can talk, and then he just stays silent. Can you explain that logic to me? Perhaps he, perhaps he had tried in the past and it didn't work. But how come the kids can hear him then? I'm, I'm not saying that they couldn't hear him. Perhaps he had tried talking to people throughout the past and it didn't really work. I'm not sure he meant to talk to the kids. I think he was just really annoyed when they lit the candle. I don't know. He was, he was definitely really annoyed. Nice going, Max. Oh, he was annoyed. <laughs> you can talk. Well, yeah, he was definitely no the reason they closed the museum. I mean, all the weird stuff that happens, I always figured was him, right? Messing yeah. around, trying to keep people away from it. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. if that was working for so long, then why did he feel the need to do anything else? But I'm saying, like, after the kids lit the candle and brought him back, and they knew they had to get rid of him now, and they're trying to get help, why wouldn't he speak? Because the movie would have been shorter. Maybe he was shy. Maybe he's not comfortable with adults. Social speaking is not his thing. In all fairness, the last time he talked to adults, he got turned into a cat. <laughs> Plus, people are terrified of black cats. They probably wouldn't listen to him anyway. <laughs> okay see in in my writer's brain there has to be an easy fix for that and it took me years to figure it out but i think i got one so let me pitch it to you oh yeah pitch it okay he was cursed the witches could hear him because they were the one who put the spell on him but none of the adults could because they just couldn't but when the kids were around when they lit the candle and brought it back so they could hear him speak but no one else who was there when the candle was lit and all the magic was brought back would be able to hear him speak you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can so, see that. There you go. Plot hole filled. Yeah, but that wasn't in the script. That was me improving upon the script. <laughs> hey, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night, Anthony. <laughs> no, well, really. I think it's a good, that's a good explanation of it. When we were talking casting, we totally didn't talk about who uh, uh, Catherine Najimy's character was supposed to be. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. That would, <gasps> that would have ruined oh. it for me. Yeah, I'm glad that was not. So thankfully she turned it down because she didn't want to be a scary witch. And yet. <laughs> kind of a scary witch. <laughs> and yet. It was too close to home for her. But wait, since we hate Trump, don't we have to love Rose, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? No, that's not how that works all the time. <laughs> that is not how that works. I'm totally kidding. Okay. Anyway, Binks. I feel like he's the heart of the movie in a while. He is. Yeah. Boy that loves his sister. All he wants to do is get back to his family. Oh, his, lo- yeah. His I love for his that. sister is just so. It is. And it's also really heartbreaking if you think about these years and years he spent lamenting her death and blaming himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the parallels they draw between him and Max, too. The brothers mm-hmm. and the sisters. And I think, you know. Oh, for sure. It's clear that Binks views Max as like a second chance to make things right with his own sister. He couldn't save mm-hmm. his, so he's going to help her save, protect Danny. Mm-hmm. Which is why Definitely. he runs up that tree at the end, like without second thought. Definitely. And why he, you know, he sees a lot of himself in Max, which is why he's so frustrated with him throughout the movie. <laughs> so, so when they first think they kill the witches... Yes. And they're like, you're coming home with us. And she's like, and you're going to, and my children will take care of you. And their children after that. And theirs after that. And all I'm thinking, this poor cat has lost enough. And he's going to have to like get used to a new family, watch them grow old and die. Get used to a new family, watch them get, like that seems like a hell for that cat. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. I thought he'll have someone to love him for the rest of his life. 
the rest her. of her life. And then he'd well, have fun somebody else to That's love what I'm him. trying to say. Like his life that lasts forever. I mean, he'll always have somebody to love him as long mm-hmm. as he's alive, which is forever. I know. I guess. Pollyanna. But yeah, true. You are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that about you, though. <laughs> Even though I'm the farthest thing from them. So, um, I, do, I do like that first attempt. Well, when they think they kill the witches in the oven. First uh-huh. of all, how cold-blooded was that? Like, they're, like, watching them die through the little window yeah. and burn alive. Oh. Like, that was hardcore. psychotic. Yeah, it was. But secondly, it's a nice touch because by old... Salem witch trial logic. If you were drowned or were burned and you lived, you were the witch and they right. yep. lived. They were the witch. So that was good logic. That was good. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrible logic. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, ter- that's terrible logic in real life. <laughs> no, I'm just But kidding. it was good upon the movie to use it. It was. But I mean, seriously, that's awful. If you're lucky enough, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> they never ask themselves why nobody survived burning or drowning i mean at some point you think <laughs> well i did i did like the harry potter and yeah, i think it's the beginning of prisoner of azkaban the book he's doing his homework over the summer and he's reading about the salem witch trials how whenever a real witch or wizard got caught they would place a tickling charm on themselves so the flames would just tickle them and not actually burn them and one wizard liked the sensation so much he got caught repeatedly and the Ministry of Magic had to interfere eventually. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had forgotten about that. That was hilarious. I'm due for a reread. Oh, I am too. For a reread. Me too. If we're busting out Harry Potter references, go for it. Dementor's Kiss. Yeah. The biggest yeah. one. That, that was, a, yeah. That's basically what was going on. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, totally. Pretty that much. One. I liked how simple that effect was, by the way. Like just a, a little shimmering around you to represent, hey, that's your life force. I like that. And uh, speaking of simplicity, I also like the um, simplicity of when, when Binks' sister comes back and Binks mm-hmm. and, and her are reunited, how they don't try to do too much with it. The special, the special effects in this were all so toned down that I could really enjoy it. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought the ending because I meant to bring that up a minute ago. When Binks dies, every time, no matter how many times I see that movie, it makes me so upset when the cat, when she throws him down and he hits the grave and like mm-hmm. dies. I just feel bad for Max in that final scene. He has to get one last virgin dig in there after like his <laughs> kid just helped you. Like, <laughs> well, Zachary Binks, what took you so long? I had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle. <laughs> I know the answer to this because at one time I live blogged this movie and did the drinking game along the way. By the end, I was wrecked. But how many times do you think the word virgin is mentioned in this film? 36. 28. You are both way over. It's surprisingly not much at all. Nine. It seems like a lot more, but nine. You were blitzed after nine drinks? Nine shots, and I was the, that wasn't the only rule I was playing by. There are other times, like every time, whatever happened. Do you still have that blog? I do. Can you put it on? Can you put it on our blog? Yeah, no problem. Did you go back and correct your spelling, or did you own all the spelling mistakes while you were headed down the rabbit hole of intoxication? No, I, I think I did end up going back and correcting. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, though, because a lot of people always, you know, make fun of the virgin aspect of this movie. But it was only mentioned nine times, so not that much. Gosh, it feels like more. 
Well, when yeah. you think about it, I mean, that's a lot for a, a Disney movie, an eight-year-old child, movie. an eight-year-old to be saying. Yeah. It, it's pretty much once every 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But um, Our estimates were really high, Tom. They were. <laughs> now that I think about that, I'm like, that's a lot of times to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was 36, like Tom said, what would that be? Once every three minutes? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Name it to the Virgin movie. <laughs> that's a bad joke. Cut that out. If oh. this is not a Disney movie, though, when they go back to the house, Max wouldn't have been a virgin for very long afterwards she was giving him the bedroom eyes back at the house oh, uh, that that's the one scene in the movie that always that only scene that ever creeped me out when they break into the house to get their book and he goes to pull the covers back thinking danny's under there and sarah jumps out of him and she's like trick-or-treat like that used to freak me out as a kid Did like it, really? it was just a loud because they play that loud uncomfortable musical chord as she jumps up like the jump can we talk about what i hated most about this movie go for it i really 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 hated ice and jay yes with a passion there was no need for their characters they added nothing to the film and i'm sorry i don't know when i've ever seen some wannabe white vanilla ice wrapper hanging out with some grungy kid that their their friendship didn't make sense at all they may may have been expendable to the film but i did like when the witches caught them and put them in the cage and that was good i was it was fun i like that whole exchange she's sniffing his sneakers which by the way they were max's sneakers so she tracked max correctly she was smelling his shoes oh okay okay i didn't even catch that all that That work for that little bit of i it's just way too much work for a breadcrumb like that yeah they were awful yeah why would they they, yeah the likelihood of of max and and ice having the same size shoe no i just don't buy it yeah no i don't okay but this goes back to what i was saying during the i'll be home for christmas episode right where i don't understand the bullies in these early 90s movies or late 80s movies like they're just horrible John Hughes understood like the dark brooding. Right, John he Hughes did. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of movies did not. No, yeah, they don't, and it just it bothers me. It's it, there's no need for it. Mm-mm. Like I said, that that one scene where he got to leave them in the where Max got to leave them in the cage, and there's like this little bit of dork winning. I just thought, huh, it's gonna really suck for you when you get back to school, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like they're going to be ticked, and if they are bullies, which I mean, Ice looks like he may have some 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 power in his punch but jay jay was an idiot like even when max insulted yeah. ice at the beginning he burst out laughing until ice gave him a dirty look okay so they could have done brought- something similar with more like a jay and silent bob type characters who could have oh, added more humor he looked like silent, mm-hmm. uh jay he did look like jay and the other guy could have looked like silent bob it would have been cool if they got james <laughs> oh my gosh could you imagine that being okay so that being their first appearance you brought up the scene, though, where Max gets his little revenge, gets his sneakers back, leaves him in the cage. That always bothered me. That she had enough potion for one child. The sun was, like, coming up in, like, half an hour. And she didn't just feed it to one of them and just say, screw it. I'll do this to be safe. And then spend the rest of my immortal life hunting down these children because they can't run forever. Bad that always choices, bothered me. Bad choices. <laughs> Do any of you have anything else to say about Jay and Ice other than we hate them? I kind of wish no. one of it, one of it, one of them had been eaten. Yeah. It's pretty dark for a Disney movie, Tom. I, also, well, I, the whole I, idea of eating children seems a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the only two characters worth mentioning are the parents. Do you have anything to say about either of them? 
They serve their purpose. I like the parents. They did. I, they serve their purpose. I like them at the Halloween party where she's dressed as Madonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Trying to explain like, the cone brawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked that, that that still seemed dated even at that point. Even the dad had a good line. What did he say? He wasn't he wasn't Dracula. He was what I'm did not he say? dad. I'm dad killer or something. I'm dad killer. I'm Such dad a dad killer. joke. He was a big SNL player back in the day, and he was really known for his dirty, like, kind of um, sweary type of humor. So really? Shooting this movie, like, everyone, like, that was kind of a in joke on set. He was playing this kind of wholesome dad when really, like, he had a sailor's mouth off set and was really raunchy type of comedy. So was he an SNL cast member? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I don't know if I don't know if he was at the time they were shooting this or if it was a few years prior, but he was on SNL for a while and was known for his uh, yeah. filthy mouth. <laughs> yep, nice. I did like though when Max showed up to the party, he was goofing with him, and then Max was like, "said something's wrong," and he, and all of a sudden he drops the act. He's like, "What? Where's Danny? What's wrong with Danny?" Like I did like that. Oh, like, concerned yeah. dad coming out. Yeah, yeah, they were good parents. I think for this movie, they they were, they were sweet parents. enough. And they were, yeah. Although, again, I'm not a parent, but if I were, I think I'd be a little more concerned if my kid came home from school without sneakers. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, hey, what, that's what, a time what, to have a, par- a conversation with the school and the parents of the bully. Well, what did he say? <laughs> that it must be some form of protest or something? Like, what kind of protest is that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like foot prisons. Okay, so let's move on to overall likes and dislikes and favorite scenes and quotes and stuff. So I I know I have a lot of quotes. I'm guessing mm-hmm. a lot of you, you guys do too. So do you guys mm-hmm. want to rotate, like, going over favorite scenes? and? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so one of my favorite jokes in this movie I didn't get for years. It's when the bus pulls up to pick up the Sanderson sisters. And he's talking about he can take them to anywhere their heart desires. And Winifred's like... Well, let's see. We desire children. And he's like, hey, it may take me a couple of tries, but I don't think that's going to be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) See, which that bus driver, the perviest guy. Right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) He wasn't even hot. No, he wasn't. My favorite, favorite quote of the whole movie is Winifred in true Winifred form in the very beginning when she opens the window and she goes, oh, look, another glorious morning makes me sick. (laughs) It's like exactly how I feel lots of mornings. That's why you force your kids to sleep in on Christmas Day. (laughs) That's exactly why I do it. (laughs) I liked it when uh, Winifred said, why? Why was I cursed with such idiot sisters? And Sarah just replies, just lucky, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i like when toward the end after max dumps out the potion and they have enough left for one vial and she's talking about she wants to get the kid who called her ugly and then she starts to fake crying and then she's like oh, i've always wanted a child and now i think i'll have one i'm toast <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really weird that uh, Satan called his wife pudding, pudding Face. That doesn't seem like a very uh, nice term of endearment to me. I love that they thought she was Medusa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I like the calming circle. Y'all remember that part? Yeah. Yes. When she goes, think soothing thoughts, rabid bats, black death. 
mummy scorpion pie. And they all come together and they go, mother. <laughs> I, I like how whenever they say mother or father, they look down where most people look up if their parents are dead, but they look down knowing they're like <laughs> in hell. Oh, how funny. I didn't notice that. That's funny. See, I'm still picking up on stuff. They're not picking up on stuff. So uh, I like it when they get to the school and Sarah says, what is this place? Mary says, reeks of children and whatever. It's like, oh, it's a prison for children. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Billy's like, uh, wench, trollop, you bucktooth, something, firefly from hell. <laughs> and he's like, I wear centuries to say that. And Max is like, say whatever you want, just don't breathe on me. <laughs> I like whenever Sarah sees Billy, she goes, hi, Billy. <laughs> okay. Rubbing it in. So so that backstory that she he was Winifred's boyfriend and yeah. then had an affair with, with Sarah. Sarah. So, Win- yeah. so Winifred took an unsharpened needle and sewed his mouth shut and killed him. That's brutal. twisted. <laughs> yeah. That's brutal. really dark for a Disney movie. And speaking yeah. of dark, the whole beginning scene after they kill Emily, her dead body is just slumped over in the background of that's the rest of that scene. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. Really dark for Disney. It is really dark. Speaking of dark, when Winifred answers the door, she's don't get your knickers in a twist. We're just three kindly old spinster ladies. <laughs> Mary replies, spending a quiet evening at home, and Sarah's sucking the lives out of little children. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. I also, I'm going to steal another one here. I'm going to just go out of turn. I I like it when Zachary gets run over by the bus and then reinflates, and he says, I hate it when that happens. (laughs) Here's one we can say on here damn, 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 double damn. (laughs) I just said that because we can. I was so I think I only realized this last viewing that that's that she says that Mm -hmm. like that she says that in a Disney movie. Yeah. I was like, whoa. How would Winifred have known about a driver's permit? I have one of my little like stupid things in the film that could have been tweaked and it would have been better. Also, on that same note, my next quote, I have a problem with, but I like it, too. When uh, Max bursts in to save Danny and Binks at the end, and he's um, he's like, prepare to die again. And she's like, you, you have no powers here, you fool. And he's like, maybe not. But there's something greater than your power, and that's knowledge. And there's something I know that, that you don't. And she's just like, huh, and what is that, dude? And I'm like, <laughs> how, would she, how would she know that really... 90s <laughs> reference and then he says like a proper hero daylight savings time like that whole sequence like yeah i like it though corny as hell though <laughs> okay um i do like the whole burning rain of death name for the uh, sprinkler system <laughs> yeah i like when um winifred's explaining their mission to the her sisters and she's like we need to find the book brew the potion and suck the lives out of all the children in salem before sunrise otherwise it's curtains we evaporate we cease to exist thus thou comprehend and mary's like praising her for her storytelling abilities and sarah's like explain what and winifred just gives her this dirty look because she clearly didn't understand anything she just said 
Okay, so I think it would have been way cooler if at the end, when Winifred turns into a statue and then explodes, if she would have stayed a statue. If they all would have just turned into statues, how much cooler would that have been? Have you guys, you've guys been been to Florida, right? You've seen the statue in person, right? In the book? Planet Hollywood down in Florida, Orlando, Universal? Oh, Planet Hollywood? No, huh? Nope. Never okay, been to Florida. Well they, well, they have the actual statue from the movie and her book on display next to it in one of their. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So check it out next yeah. time. I but wish anyways. they would have, instead of exploding, they would have so, just been turned into statues. That would have been cool. I have a cool. question about the statue, actually. Yeah. Just like not even a sarcastic one. Did she turn into a statue because she stepped on hallowed ground? Or did she turn into a statue because she didn't just explode into dust immediately because she had sucked part of his life out already at that point? So it was like kind of prolonging it. Yeah, because I can't explain why she turned into a statue. I don't know. I assume it had something to do with hallowed ground because Bink said they couldn't step foot there, but I don't know. Because they kept focusing on the bottom of her, her legs were like glowing, like Max is glowing. So I thought maybe, I don't know. That's a terrible statue of her, though, in fairness. It didn't look anything like it. No. Yeah, it's not a great statue, but I wanted a statue out of the deal, guys. I liked her, like, freaking superhuman strength at the end after she fell to the ground, like the way she crawls across the grass and just picks yeah. him up by his shirt. Like, she's had enough <laughs> she of that motivated. shit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know that when she pulls Max into the air on the broom, when she's rising into the air with him trying to suck his soul out, they play a few riffs of the Wicked Witch of the West theme. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I caught that. That's cool. Okay, so I liked when, after the witches die at the end, and Danny's like, you saved my life. Well, I had to. I'm your big brother. I love you, jerk face. I love you, too. I liked, I really like yeah. the relationship. Yeah, they have a good relationship. I like that it wasn't all one note. Right. It was a good, it was a good relationship. And when Billy goes back into his grave, bye, Billy, have a nice sleep. <laughs> then maybe they, bye, buddy. <laughs> find your dad. I always love, love when he falls asleep. He just goes, whack. I loved that. His physical, which he's known for that, right? Like his physicality, specifically that actor. Mm-hmm. I just, I love, I just really loved Billy. I could yeah. watch him all day. He cracked me up. Yeah, I kind of wish he was in it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like was talking more too. And they didn't save it for the end. I know it's pretty poignant that they save him talking to, you know, close to the end and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I really liked him. So Sarah, we didn't even mention her song. I really liked the Come Little Children song. I do too. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. That lullaby, but yeah, but used to woo kids. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. And she did a really good job. Yeah. You know, singing it. it. It's very like, yeah, it has a very dreamy quality to it. Like you could see Mm -hmm. how you'd kind of just be like, turn off your mind and listen to it. Yeah. Exactly. I I love that song. And then obviously the other big song in the movie. My favorite I put a spell on you. It's so great. It's Mm -hmm. so great. I love them playing the backup singers. Um, The other two sisters doing the backup songs. I love the costumes. All those costumes in that room are super cool. Yeah. That whole scene. I love it. And it's and so I love how the crowd just bought into it too. Much to the oh, kids' yeah, frustration. Totally. Exactly. Well, because she put a spell on him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Afterwards, and then the alleyway, like really, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's like, this is really bad. How did they not see them crouch down behind like the box? Here's another question. Who keeps their lo- lobster cage in a flipping <laughs> nasty, dirty alleyway? Right? 
Not only so is that gross. unsanitary, but yeah. lobsters are expensive. Like anyone could come and take that and then just cook them. No kidding. <laughs> I didn't even get past the gross part of it to think that. But yeah, that's terrible. So, I have a question about the salt in this movie. Because she says the salt protects people, the circle of salt or whatever. Right. Is that like in Legends a real thing? Because I'm a Supernatural fan and they use salt on that show. Like a circle. Yeah, they did in the X-Files too. I'm yeah. an X-Files fan. So it must have some know. kind of origin somewhere if they it all must. Have. Something yeah. about the salt of the earth or yeah. there's gotta be something about it. Do you have any dislikes? I already voiced some of mine. The bullies are my only dislike of this yeah. movie. That's it. That I mean, in kind of the inappropriate stuff that they mention a little bit, but then you're kind of like, I don't know, is that just? I think that I the inappropriate stuff is a reason a lot of people like our age and older still like it as they get older. Otherwise, it would yeah. have been a little more too kitty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. And I don't feel like it's. I know the virgin is a big plot point, but I mean, I don't ever yeah. feel like it's too inappropriate. Like that yeah. bus driver one, for example, I didn't realize he was like right. a total perv until I was, <laughs> you know, a teenager or whatever. And yeah, so much of that is, I guess, subtle enough to where when you're a kid, you just hear something and you assume it is what it is and that's all you care. Like with the whole version thing, I didn't think about what a virgin was when I was younger. Yeah, me either. You know, it was just that's what it was. And he was a virgin and everybody thought that was weird for some reason. And that's all I care about it. So yeah, it's subtle enough. Just when you become a parent and you watch some of that stuff, you get kind of like, um, I'm going to have to explain this afterwards. (laughs) That's not a lot of fun. (laughs) I do have another favorite quote. When Danny is talking to her mom at the Halloween party, she's like, this cat here binks, right? He can talk. My brother's a virgin. He lit the black flame candle. The witches are back from the dead and they're after us. We need help. (laughs) She cuts right to the chase. Yeah, and she's like, how much candy have you had? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, do you think this is legitimately a good movie? Or do you think nostalgia has a large part to play in why so many people love this movie still? Because when it came so, out, critics, Rotten Tomatoes' critical score is 30%. The audience score is 70%. And when it came out, it was like a financial flop. It was twenty. It cost $28 million to make, and they only made $39.5 million in the box office. And yet, nowadays, it's on TV all the time in October, and they sell over $1 million on home video every single year. So I... I think it's a good movie and I'm very nostalgic about it. So part of me can't separate if I think it's good because I'm nostalgic about it. But if I try and separate that whole part, I think it's a good movie, but I think it's a good movie because the Sanderson sisters specifically, the casting is on point. If they had messed that up, this movie would have not been a good movie. It just wouldn't have. I think that's what they did right. I mean, because I mean, there are definitely parts that are pretty schmaltzy and the acting like from some of the younger characters. I mean, it's Disney movie acting and all of that. But that is so important to get right. And they got it right. And I think that's what makes it a good movie. And you can kind of overlook the other stuff and, and take it for what it is, right? It's a Disney movie that's Halloween themed and has stuff that appeals to kids and adults. So, I mean, you've got 
you've got a genre right there that not everybody's going to love. But I think they did a great job with this movie. And I don't understand people that think it's not good. Right. Because it is what what it is. I don't ever look at critic scores. I don't. This is just one of those great examples where they really missed the mark. Mm -hmm. Um, I read some of the reviews and could not disagree more. They were crap. I mean, the the, it's one of the things I kind of, it, it almost feels like when one critic writes a bad review, every other critic or a lot of other critics fall in line. You know, if, if a big name critic says something bad, there are a lot of people who don't want to go go against them. But I mean, there's a huge there's a huge difference between thirty percent critic score and seventy percent audience score. Do you think it could have done anything differently that maybe critics would have liked it a little more? I don't think so. Not if for one, I don't think a movie should be made to make critics happy. Right? Oh, I, because, I agree. That's right. why I like every DC film, and they're pretty harsh on those movies. Right? <laughs> no, I think the critics were off because they we're expecting something that this clearly was not. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a good movie and it never ceases to, you know, it, it, it entertains all my kids and yeah. me constantly. So it's doing something right. Clearly because 70% of the audience liked it. Right. Or the audience gave it 70%. I think that's still too low. Personally, I like it a lot more I than do 70%. Too. I do but, too. Uh, I think it's the big budget issue is them releasing it in July. Right. I feel if they had released it in October, they would have made a lot more money off it. A ton more money. Absolutely. But this was also out in 1993. Do you, is that the year Nightmare Before Christmas came out? Did they not want to like compete with themselves like Disney? Yeah. October 29th, 1993. That's the problem. Yeah. So they didn't want to compete with themselves. They should have waited a year on one of them. I'm sorry. You could have pushed Nightmare back to December. You should have pushed Nightmare to Christmas and had Hocus Pocus come out in Halloween. But Nightmare is so unique in what it is that they probably thought Tim Burton's skeletons has to be Halloween. Yeah. The release of The Nightmare Before Christmas was pretty genius because that gives them an I mean like that gives them two full cycle series cycle seasons to yeah. capture audiences because they got the Halloween audience and then it still got Christmas in the name and it's, Christmas is a big enough theme that it, it carried over. I mean, it did really well in the box office. So it was, it was smart on their part, but they should have, they should have held this off for the next year. Honestly, it's just a bad idea to do a Halloween movie in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Def- definitely. At least ver- at the very least would made more money in October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it seems to be a perpetual cash cow for them. So they're probably pretty okay with it today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, all, yeah. it all turned out all right. So you said like it all rides and dies on the casting of the witches. So yes. how do you how did you feel about the possibility of a sequel starring them again? Would you be open to that? Yeah, I have much warmer feelings about a sequel that kept the holy grail of the sisters. Yes. Right. I would watch that sequel. So how if do they you... tamper with that, I'm out. So you have no interest in the confirmed for made for TV remake that's being written by Scarlett Lacey, who wrote the show The Royals, if you've seen that. I haven't. I haven't it's a it. very like uh, CW type yeah. show. Yeah. I, if they don't have, I've read very little about the sequel, by the way. Mm-hmm. If they don't have the original cast for the sisters, I'm not watching it. Recast, no. I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. Yeah. That's how kind of where I am. Like, give yeah. me anything with the three of them. Prequel, sequel, whatever. If you want to exactly. freaking remake the movie, but keep the three of them, do that. But like, yeah. don't give me a remake with a different cast. Mm-mm. And I'm confused because no. it's been confirmed, but people are still not 100% sure if it's a sequel or a remake and whether or not they're involved. They want to be involved. They said they'd come back, but so I don't see why Disney wouldn't bring them back. But I hope they wouldn't remake it. 
ideally i'd like a sequel even though i don't know how they'd come back from the dead again but yeah that's for a a better writer to decide yeah yeah exactly yep I would watch that. I don't know that I want to see them bring them back either. Maybe that whole elf thing that we talked about you know, when we when we reviewed elf back in the day, I was more on the idea of being okay with an elf too. I think both of you guys were opposed to it. And the more I've thought about it, the more it makes sense. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Beth Miller today trying to pull this off. Um, she I, I can still sing. She can mm. still sing. She still really, performs I Put a Spell on You at some of her concerts. They're just... Does she? Yeah. That's cute. With, in really cheap Winifred like makeup and wig. Like really cheap. Oh, how funny. I think it's just... Hollywood needs to start leaving some things alone, letting some things stand as classics as they were. Um, we just saw today, Christine, or the other day, Christine was looking through Netflix. She saw Heidi and was going to put it on and saw it was a, a remake that didn't do well. And it's, I don't know. I feel like Hollywood is losing a lot of its edge because we're seeing the same thing rehashed. I mean, in my lifetime, we've had what? Three Spider-Man reboots. Mm-hmm. Getting old. In fairness, I like the new Spider-Man. I'm just tired of the story. But I agree. I agree completely with your point. So Hollywood, if you're listening, me, Tom, and Julie are all writers and would love an opportunity to write some original stuff for you. So give us a call. You know that may be a fun project to undertake one summer, trying to do a street or one month after a Nanorimo. Yeah, Nanorimo after Nanorimo, trying to do a, a movie. I feel like we could do a pretty good Christmas movie. I think so. But I mean, there's just there's not much creative anymore there's not so did you get a chance to look over the scenes that were deleted from this movie i read them i did so it's the first time i've ever seen that there were even were deleted scenes and right for, just real quick for our listeners this movie has a bunch of deleted scenes you can see glimpses of them in the trailer for this movie, but they've never made any of the DVD or Blu-ray releases, but they were all shot. So hopefully one day they do like a director's cut or something. What did you think about them? Why are they deleted? Yeah, are that's right? pretty much my Like, opinion. I don't see... Mm-hmm. I would rather have seen Ice and Jay cut. <laughs> yes. These are just better. Well, so there are, I guess, two deleted scenes that kind of reference these candy crows. That they used to lure the children away along with the song. Um, Crow-shaped candies and um, Sarah gives them out. Well, all of the sisters give them out to kids and they help with the enchanting part. Yeah. I and I that, love that. Me too. And I yeah. took that to like explain like why when Sarah's singing at the end, our three main kids aren't enchanted at all. But mm-hmm. the rest of the kids in town are because right. there's a deleted scene where they're handing them out to all the trick-or-treaters in town. Mm-hmm. So they would have been bewitched. Plus, I love that that ties in our standard, you know, thoughts on Halloween, right? Giving out candy and all of that. That was, I wish that was in there. I really would have gone for that. So they actually, some of them actually make the witches a little darker too. Like they're still funny, but they're darker. Like Winifred like hangs the themselves. Ones? Yeah. She's like, step back, mortal, let me. And then she kicks it out from beneath them. But that yeah. seems more in key, but that to me seems more in keeping with Winifred's character. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. And then when she, t- she, they're handing out the crows to all the children, grabbing for them, and the, and the little, and the little girls like you're ugly, and she's like, you should have been drowned at birth. <laughs> <laughs> 
the one deleted scene I did take issue with was <clears throat> the one with Billy. Like, I guess they meet up with him. The witches meet up with him halfway through the film. I guess, I don't know, for like some kind of status report or whatever. And it seems like he's actually on their side. And then Winifred insults him. And then all of a sudden he wouldn't be by the end of the movie. I guess because of that insult. Or whenever it says, sends him on his way, he smells like vomit. But before that, she said, good going, you found the children. And Billy does his best to smile considering the obstacles. So it's yeah. clearly like he's trying to help them. I also like, we have more in the deleted scenes, we have more involvement from the parents. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't seem like they're so far removed. Um, I don't know where it is on here, but I think there was a scene where um, Max's they, dad is talking about Allison. He knows his son has a crush, which in the in the... And what made the cut and what we see on the film, the parents seem really, I don't want to say disinterested, but almost disinterested. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just that going back to the whole shoe protest thing. Plus it explains why they moved. We moved right. here because LA was dangerous and this is safer. The only thing you have to worry about here is witches. Which is really yeah. funny. Yeah. That's a it really, is really funny. It is really funny. I found it interesting as well that uh, in one deleted scene, Winifred makes a reference to Allison's ancestor who was a good wit. <gasps> I love that one. That was cool. That was a cool scene. I wish Again, they kept that in there. That shows us um, Allison's family connection to the museum and their interest in witch lore. Yeah. It again. And it also again. that witches eat each other, apparently. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the scene in the supermarket would have been really funny to keep in, which they're trying to, Mary's trying to steal the baby from the cart. They're in the supermarket shopping for, I guess, oil and butter mm, and whatever mm. else they need to make the crow. But Mary tries, attempts to steal a baby from a shopping cart. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, Mary is so funny. And then when the mother catches her, she's like, so sorry, wrong basket. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the only other major deleted scene would have been in the school when they're looking the at lockers. The, the lockers. They, they hang them off the hooks and close the mm-hmm. door. <laughs> <laughs> and the swimming pool. The water's been poisoned and they push <laughs> Winifred into it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there are some good scenes in there. There are. the, ki- and the ki- It just shows the kids again being smart. They're, using, they're using the unknown to, to trick the witches and to get the upper hand. I like it. I also, honestly, as corny as it is, liked the scene, I guess it would have been at the very end of the movie, where uh, she's still upset the cat died, even though Binks moved on and a new black cat shows up. Like just a did you read that one? Oh, yep. Yeah. Or or it comes back to life and she's like, Binks, can you talk? And it just meows and like she takes it home. So the cat's still there, but Binks is gone. Right. And Allison asks Max, did I make a believer out of you? What if that cat's a real jerk though? But um, there are stills from these deleted scenes. There are bits of them in the trailer, which means I hope one day we get a director's cut or something and get to see them. I do too. Where we see Mary like squirting the bottle in her mouth just in the middle of the supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) The witch hazel. Is that what it was? Yeah. In the (laughs) script, it said that she grabbed a bottle of witch hazel. Yeah. So for we will definitely post the link to this. with the notes because they're really if you like the movie it's definitely worth a read reading through the deleted scenes and i think they all would have added to the movie and maybe even made critics like it a tiny bit more the, the crow thing in particular makes a lot of sense to lure the a kid needs to ingest that if they want sarah's magic to work on them i like that mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so one last thing I want to talk about. Did you guys see Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party starring the Sanderson sisters? Yeah, that was amazing. Okay, Tom, you have to watch it. Okay. That was amazing, except for the that dumb 
part in the very beginning with the backup dancers. That was stupid. Yeah. Oh, once the season the of the witch. Came on, yeah. yeah, that was stupid. But once the sisters come on, ah. They couldn't have picked so three, good. like the three of them, the three actresses who yeah. do it. Like they do great, like yeah. imitations. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Winifred. Winifred was amazing. But basically Tom, the plot is the witches are brought back to life at Disney world and try to have, throw basically a Halloween party for all the Disney villains, <laughs> but, but they need to make a special potion first. So they need a bunch of things like, um, the shadow from Do- a shadow from Dr. Facilier nightmare, some oogie boogie. So it gives other mm-hmm. villains to come out and say a chance to come out and sing and then of course when the party happens Winifred sings her song mm-hmm. but, oh that's um, awesome yeah it's very cool it's clever I liked um Oogie Boogie's song like mm-hmm. he directly calls Winifred ugly mm-hmm. he calls Mary the roly-poly sandy sister <gasps> and he when Sarah's crying because she's terrified of him she's like well mm-hmm. someone shut this sister up I thought it was all really clever how they did it all yeah it was great that's awesome it was really impressive I need to watch it yeah oh you anytime totally they bring the villains out I love it yeah that's we want to go at Halloween sometimes so we can see more villains because you don't see them very often. I do too. I've never been. So, I want to experience yeah. Disney at Halloween one year and at Christmas one year. Oh, definitely at Christmas. I want ever since Jen told me about all the different, all told us about all the different Santas around the world. Yes. Like, that would be so cool. Yeah, so cool. That would be really cool. I do have a question of the week for you guys and our listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you'll hear listener feedback the next time we ever do one of these bonus episodes. But the question is, what is your favorite Halloween movie? And if it's Hocus Pocus, pick a different one because I think we all love uh, Hocus What? <laughs> Halloween Town. I agree. Halloween Town, the first one. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, that was on TV tonight. I watched yep. it earlier. I know. I also That's watched Toy Story of Terror, which was cute. Yeah, that one was cute. I like that one too. Okay, so if you're listening to this, thank you for supporting our Patreon. We hope you enjoy our little foray away from Christmas. Though our next one will probably be Christmas related again. We might cover the graphic novel Batman Noel uh, to coincide with the release of Justice League in movie theaters. If you listen to the podcast, you already heard me rave about this a lot. It's basically a Christmas Carol. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's probably when we'll do another episode. I don't know how often we're going to do bonus episodes. I guess that's for us to decide off uh, mic. But every time we do do one, you will um, get it in your feed if you donate to our Patreon. I'm going to interrupt. I know we were signing out, but I want to say I want to do like a, I think it'd be fun not just to do movies on here, but like you're doing the graphic novel and do like Christmas books as well occasionally when we find a really good one. Oh yeah, totally. Like this is our chance to do everything that's not a Christmas film or Christmas TV special. So Christmas commercials, Christmas books, Halloween movies, whatever. So free reign. So throw us some suggestions here too on things you'd like to see that we haven't come up with yet. And um, you know, we have other, do you want to explain the other tier levels, Tom? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got, we're trying to get, you know, um, we're not trying to get rich here. Um, like I said at the beginning, we're trying to cover our costs and expand into what we're doing. So if you're our dollar supporter per month, thank you so much. Um, we appreciate it and you'll get access to all all of these um i did on the patreon page commit um anthony to singing for you so um i'm going to keep working that until we make that happen for just the, <laughs> if you are doing one dollar a month and you can bump up to three dollars a month we'll send you a christmas card as well as other random cards from all of us throughout the year and little things just to brighten your mailbox we are going to be working on stickers for um tis the podcast and you will be the first one to get those if you are giving five dollars a month and then as we come up with buttons and other fun things to do along the way you'll get some of those for ten dollars a month you get to pick a movie that we'll review and um if you really love us and want to do 25 dollars 
you can also come on the episode when we review your movie and give us your thoughts. So we've got some some different levels there. If there's um, something you're interested in or you think um, other people would be listen, interested in that we didn't consider in our levels, uh, let us know. Okay, so I think that's it, guys. You'll hear from us the same time you normally do every week on the main podcast in which we'll be discussing the Santa Claus and announcing the winner to our promotional giveaway. So thank you to everyone who left us a review or a rating on iTunes and Facebook during the time this is all going on. And for those of you who didn't, please consider doing so because every review helps us and helps uh, new listeners find us easier. And I'm sure we'll be doing another promotional giveaway at some point, but don't wait because you'll be, if you do it now, you'll be entered into the next one automatically. Okay. So until next time, time guys Tom we only have 55 days until Christmas and 365 days until next Halloween (laughs) it'll fly by guys don't worry (laughs) bye everyone bye guys we put a spell on you Up and down.